Welcome in everyone and thank you for listening to the 207th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Rebel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing glorious, Cameron. How are you? I'm doing fine. Uh, I gotta well, say... Yes, go well, ahead. Um, I've, I've worn this shirt twice on the episode. I know not everybody is is watching on youtube but it's a little bit embarrassing it's also kind of cool just like probability wise yeah that i've only worn this shirt twice and both times also you both are wearing it yeah and uh you know we're just you know showing solidarity in our in our uh, our logo and really showing off the brand but this is not planned and we're really embarrassed about it everybody we have some sorry. kind of mind virus that we all share <laughs> It's like connects it's like, us all mentally. It's apparently. like I'm pretty sure I saw producer Cameron wear this shirt recently. I can put, I can probably wear it this week. Like, no. It's like, no, the last time I wore it was the last time we all three wore it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like we we got the shirts at the same time, and then like we're just thinking like, okay, we'll wait a little bit, yeah. and mm-hmm. then I'll break it out. For we're the, using for an the episode. same like yeah. newness formula in our yeah. minds. Yes, so like, and okay, then, like three or four weeks is fine. We'll wear it, and then we're like, okay, we all wore it at the same time. We gotta wait a bit. Go, okay, three, three or four weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah, now cool. it's time to break it back out again. <laughs> On the same cycles. <sighs> Embarrassing. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? We're connected that way. Um, It's almost week one. It's oh my like God. fast approaching. So Camp, ex- it's so exciting. Camp's like winding down. It's like practices. They're going to start game planning yeah. for Louisiana Tech next oh. week. So awesome! We're like, yeah, we're basically two weeks away from from the game one kickoff. Um, I was gonna just let the listeners know this. We're this episode's probably going out a little bit earlier than usual. Probably n- the next two weeks um, are gonna go out a little bit earlier than usual. Uh, we're scheduling around some stuff uh, amongst the three of us and. Um, the first game of the season is on a Thursday night. We're going to that. So we'll be recording earlier in that week. So it's not going to be quite as consistent uh, time-wise as usual. But we'll be here. Don't worry about that. Um, this week, last week we previewed the offense, uh, did all the player previews, talked about who uh, was going to be the main contributors and who we're looking out for. Uh, this week we're going to do the defense, and then we're going to bring it all together and do a seven-on-seven draft, and uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Uh, before we get to all of that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, leave us a review on the podcast platform that you listen to us on, and you can support us directly on Patreon, patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. Uh, there's a few little news items. Um one interesting thing uh, that's newsworthy of the last week is Mizzou Athletics is starting a new program where they're going to let students uh, sell tickets or have like a uh, like basically a, like an affiliate link yeah. uh, where they can recommend um, you know other people buy tickets to Mizzou sporting events and they'll get a twenty percent cut of so. the sale. Yeah. So that's a kind of an innovative strategy to try to boost sales and uh, compensate the students a little bit for their efforts. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, it definitely is innovative. I don't know that anybody else is doing something like that. Um, I don't know how much it's going to move the needle, but I think it's a cool way to potentially move the needle and also make the students feel important and, you know, reward yeah. them for um, – putting in the work and uh, it's kind of fun i feel like if i was a student i'd be like all right like try me yeah we've got at least one student in our discord that uh will make an effort to try to use their link but uh if you're a student and you've got a link to share or however that works if you got a uh, promo code that we can use leave it in the comments and maybe somebody will use it yeah yeah um, do you think this is going to help fill up the stadiums significantly? I don't know. I mean, is it a little concerning that they're having to, like, deploy the students to sell tickets? Is that concerning at all, or am I just reading into that too much? Well, it, it might be a little bit concerning. You know, if uh, 
if you're if you're selling out every game, you don't have to do anything like this. Yeah. Uh, there's no reason to give anybody 20% of anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe a little bit concerning. I don't know that this will bring in a few more fans. Maybe, honestly, the way I see this going is people that were going to buy tickets anyway might just seek out a student that they know or or somebody to get their code to give them a little kickback. I don't know that this is going to drive um, incremental sales. I feel like it's going to a decent yeah. percentage of this is going to be people that were going to buy tickets anyway. Yeah, it's pretty hard to get analytics on it because of that reason too. Yeah. It's like, well, we had 500 people use the affiliate links. So like, well, yeah. how, how many of those people were going to buy tickets anyway? Yeah, yeah you never know. Yeah. Uh, still kind of cool. Anything helps. Yeah, and I like it. Cool as opportunity a, for the students. Get, exactly. Get everybody involved. And you know there'll be like, uh, I feel like in any situation like this, there'll be like the outlier students like, on the high end of where they're just like go all in on this someone's gonna just, make like a thousand dollars yeah <laughs> just like basically create a little business around like uh using their promo code or oh, what, yeah. however it works so you know if you, you gotta grind for entrepreneurs it, out there yeah, make it happen yeah uh, but yeah pretty cool concept um other news mizzou football got a commitment from uh, South Carolina linebacker Brayshawn Littlejohn, all-time name immediately. Oh, yeah. Uh, he is a three-star linebacker, uh, just committed to Mizzou, and a um, little bit under-recruited. We've talked about him a little bit um, previously on the show. Seems like maybe Mizzou tried to close the deal with him before any other big players could enter the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, a little bit under the radar, but impressive film. Um at least really impressive in uh, getting to the quarterback. It seems that that was definitely his focus as a kind of an edge rusher, outside linebacker um, in high school. Like almost every play in his highlight film is just him, just a heat-seeking missile to the quarterback, which was still really fun to watch. Um, great speed, um, bends really well on the outside, um, getting around the edge. And uh, I don't know, that's, that's exciting. And I, I guess they want him to play inside though at Mizzou. So that'll be something that he has to learn how to do. And it'll, it's, I shouldn't say slower paced, but I guess it is a little bit. You're not, um, you know, going around the edge, like uh, edge rushing or anything mm-hmm. as, as much as like outside linebacker would. But um, so a little bit of a change for him, but I, I definitely like his film a lot and um, like his potential. I think I read he has been clocked at a four five forty. It's pretty good. Pretty yeah. good for a guy his size. He's pretty well built. Yeah, definitely. Welcome aboard. Um, anything else before we jump into the defense preview? I thought maybe we could. Uh, I had a, a stat last year uh, from last year's defense. We talked a lot about the rush defense. And so I just looked over the games last year. And it was really, we talk about like the first half of the season and second half of the season. That's pretty close to how it broke down. But the first seven games, I did not include. Um, Simo, did we play Simo? Yeah. So whoever we played like that last yeah. year, uh, first seven games against FBS teams, the Missouri Tiger defense gave up 282 rushing yards per game, and that was dead last out of 130 football teams. Um, the final four games of the season. And th- that was not, uh, those weren't cupcakes. That was Georgia, South Carolina, Florida, and Arkansas. I'm not including the bowl game. I think those were the last four. Um, they got it down to 120 yards per game on the ground that they gave up. Yeah. So definitely some improvement there. Um, but that was just, I just wanted to, so they ended the season 120th out of 130. Okay. Still like four or five spots better than Kansas. Yeah. So that's good. Well, that's always, that's, that's important. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was uh, absolutely brutal to watch that first half of the season. Um, I remember kind of like watching that first game against Central Michigan thinking like, wow, that was really rough. And it only got worse. The Tennessee game, I think it was like 450 rushing yards allowed. Something like that. It's embarrassing. Yeah. 
that was that was rough. Um, elsewhere on the defense, I think they did an okay job uh, creating turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, some some of the guys that have that have gone, uh, a Caleb Evans um, had a couple interceptions. Chris Abrams Drain had a couple. Uh, seemed like Jalen Carlisle was always making big plays. Martez Manuel was making big plays. Mm-hmm. So there were bright spots and promising developments over the course of the season some good moments but um it was like we were never gonna get over that start and just like that bad taste in our mouths for sure the defense was just atrocious at the beginning of the season yeah i agree definitely um chris abrams drain and jalen carlizer definitely two guys i think about that um you know if you had to pick guys that kind of broke out last year Mm -hmm. um i you know you could probably point to those guys as coming from non-starters to all over the field and and starting every game and and making an impact clearly on the defense and but still just weren't um you know consistent enough and I think Carlisle maybe got injured towards the end of the year and stuff so those guys um are still kind of cornerstones of the defense moving forward this year but you know uh, for the most part um it's kind of just a disappointing year defense wise uh Chad Bailey came on there at the end but some some guys that had been in the roster already you know in prior years like Trajan Jeffcoat uh Devin Nicholson some of those guys like they just didn't do a whole lot they didn't have a good year and Devin Nicholson probably lost his starting job and um Trajan Jeffcoat you know he's talented and I think he'll he'll rebound but it was just disappointing is really the word I just keep thinking about for some of those guys um yeah there's like just a few players that were consistent all year long um and we'll we'll mention some of them as we go through each position group but um yeah what uh, what position group you want to start with we'll get more specific with it um I don't care what do you want to do defensive line yeah let's go let's go with the defensive ends okay um that group is i mean we're pretty much bringing everybody back from mm-hmm. last year i think i've got jeff coat and isaiah mcguire starting yep. and then behind them uh johnny walker is a sophomore arden walker is a freshman redshirt freshman uh travion ford redshirt freshman redshirt yeah, so. uh I think maybe it's finally time that we see Ford get some snaps and mm-hmm. see what he can do. But um, it starts with Jeff Coat and McGuire. I think they're going to be solid. We need to see more consist- consistency. The highs that Jeff Coat has shown is everything you want. Yeah. We just got to see it more consistently. I agree. I think they just got to turn him loose mm-hmm. a little bit. And I, it was just so weird with all the issues with the scheme and everything. I think they we're really kind of focusing on which it sounds even ridiculous to even say this out loud but i feel like the scheme was built upon stopping the run obviously that was the last thing they were ever going to do and just i think they kind of got away from the the edge rush the meet you with the quarterback attitude and that's what trajan jeffcoat does so well and i think his scheme just wasn't you know focusing on his strength and um, it was just a weird year for him and but i think he's every bit as talented every bit as motivated as he's, as he's probably ever been right now um had a full full off season and you know kind of learning the the new scheme uh, with with uh blake baker and um, i'm expecting a, a big bounce back for jeff coat i think he's he's had opportunities to to go somewhere else or to maybe even um move up to the professional level after last year and decide to hang around and run it back one more time and that was great news. So I'm, I'm excited about him. And uh, Isaiah McGuire, honestly, is um, a super high ceiling guy. Um, loved him as a prospect um, whenever he came in a few years ago. Has gotten good playing time really throughout his whole career. And I think this is the year that he could really take off. Both seniors. So it's kind of like their last chance to make some splash plays. And if they want to further their career in the NFL, this is the last chance to put this together some time. film and get some production on the books uh, for NFL teams. So mm-hmm. hopefully they're able to do that. Um, behind them, um, it, it's honestly super helpful that we're not really losing anybody on the ends. Um, we've got some of that elsewhere on the defense we'll get to, but um, I've got 
Arden Walker and Johnny Walker and Travion Ford as the guys probably rotating in most often. Am I forgetting anybody there? Yeah, um, I definitely think uh, Arden Walker is with is in that group for sure. Um, I think he's been like surprisingly good, and I, they're they're gonna have to play him. He's he's too good to keep him off the field. I think he's gonna be one of the first guys that go in. Um, I agree on Travian Ford. You know, he's had a Achilles injury that I'm not even sure I knew about, or maybe I did know about it a, a while ago, but he just hasn't, you know, he kind of had a little bit of a slow start because of that injury, but I definitely think he'll, you'll see him out there. Um, Johnny he's Walker. still just sure. a red shirt freshman. It's crazy. That's, it's how, it's how crazy how long it just takes these guys to integrate into the program and into the lineups and all that stuff. But, um, two transfers I'll throw out, um, uh, Tyrone Hopper mm-hmm. is uh, like a seventh-year guy from North Carolina. Um, I definitely think he'll be working in the rotation. And then DJ Coleman is a guy that transferred from FCS, I think Jacksonville State, mm-hmm. and was super productive at the FCS level. That's obviously a huge jump to straight to the SEC. Might take him a little bit of time to get acclimated. And I'm also not 100% sure if he's playing defensive end or defensive tackle. Um, but I'm guessing he's probably going to play end. We've got incredible size. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's listed at 6'5", 264. Mm-hmm. Jeffcoat and McGuire both listed 6'4", 275. Oof. Some beasts. Yeah. Yeah, the depth on the for the defensive ends is really exciting, and I don't know that we've been able to say that in the Drink with Tara. No, not yet. And they still got to put it together and, sure. and really show us over the course of an entire season. Right. But, but if, you, if you've got an injury, I don't think you feel bad at all about what you've got behind. And, you know, they're going to – even without injuries, there's probably four or five of these guys will play a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when you win games that are toss-ups, um, you know, everybody always talks about it happens in the trenches, and what you need is to be able to put guys in late in games that uh, where there's not a drop-off in talent. And aren't tired. Exactly, and have fresh legs. Yep. I also want to throw out um, DJ Weslack. Mm-hmm. Um, big time, like uh, defensive end that signed. He's a true freshman. I don't think we'll see him on the field at all this year. He'll probably redshirt, but um, something to look forward to in the future. For sure. All right. Uh, moving to the interior with the defensive tackles and um, some pretty significant departures. Um, Akael Byers, Kobe Whiteside moving on, mm-hmm. and the big one. Makai Wingo. Yeah. I'd honestly kind of forgotten about him at this point. Right. Trying to like put him out of my mind. But I mean, we can't talk about the defensive tackles without mentioning how big of a loss he is uh, transferring to LSU. Yeah. Um, Three big departures, honestly. Um, Two of those guys, you know, I love Kobe Whiteside and, um, you know, seems like just an awesome guy. But Mm. just, I just don't think he was getting it done, man. Like on the field, like he just athletically was limited super strong like base but just in short arms and just it was not they they just weren't getting it done and I hate to say that but them kind of graduating and letting some of the younger talent get in there is what exactly what the defensive line needs and um, Makai Wingo unfortunately that stings man he was a he was I've never seen a true freshman defensive tackle make an impact like he did last year so that was brutal that he left and is going to sting for a while for sure. Um, it's so such a weird situation with him because almost like if the upperclassmen were better, if we had a better situation. He probably doesn't at, play. He doesn't play or nearly as much. as much and, you know, doesn't have that exposure, doesn't break out and, you know, yeah. attract attention from LSU. Now, maybe right. that would have happened down the line no matter what, but mm-hmm. – You'd, you'd like to think maybe a couple years in yeah. the program would have kept him around. But. Yeah, he followed his, his uh, steeples to LSU too. So, yeah. I mean, you don't know if he has a spot, though, if he doesn't get as much playing time as freshman year. True. That's definitely um, the exception, man. Like, just you can't expect, especially he was a little bit undersized too. Like, you just can't expect true freshman to come in and do what he did. He was really, really fantastic last year. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'll kind of with one eye closed, I'll kind of be watching what he's doing at LSU this year. And, um, you know, obviously, I hope he does well down there, but it, it definitely stings from the Mizzou perspective. But um, I think we're doing all right. We got like a really surprising transfer um, in Jaden Jernigan from Oklahoma State. 
um, a really productive defensive tackle from Oklahoma State, who was one of the like a top ten defense last year, which seems weird. They're Big Twelve, you know. Yeah. You think of like Big Twelve teams being great in the trenches, but he was a guy that was super efficient, um, really really strong run stopper, which you know it sounds like music to our ears, um, and just kind of wanted you know they had a lot of depth there and he so he wasn't playing as much as he wanted to and sounds like he just kind of wanted to go somewhere um to another power five level school where he could be the star and i think that he definitely has that potential so super excited about Jaden jernigan and then i think the other guy that starts is darius robinson and you know i think robinson he's been in the program for a long time so i'm excited to kind of see him get his shot i think he's dealt with injuries a little bit throughout his career but um super athletic guy and um has just uh, been really consistent and has been good when he's in there so um i think that'll be a good one-two punch Six five two ninety five. yeah yeah he is uh he looks the part man he is a sec defensive lineman so correct me if i'm wrong i feel like that we're not quite as deep right behind those two guys as we are with the ends um maybe not quite as interchangeable a little bit more of a drop off um and, but somebody that you reminded me that has bulked up and potentially switched from in to the interior is uh, Kai Montgomery. Hopefully he's healthy um, and we can see him play for the first time. And um, who else? I've got Realist George there um, coming off the bench probably. And coming off the bench, that just sounds like basketball. Yeah. Like six man. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> the same concept for football, but I guess, I guess we don't really Yeah, they're just rotating way. in and out more. Yeah. But yeah, um, definitely uh, Kai Montgomery is, I, I would say it's pretty safe to say he's playing defensive tackle at this point. I feel like I saw a picture of him a couple of weeks ago and it was like, oh my goodness. He is, he was already a beast, but man, he is. He looks like a D tackle now in a good way. Yeah, he's up to uh, 6'3", 285. Yeah, and so he's coming off the ACL, so it might have a little bit of a, a little bit of a slow start, but you'll see him in there for this year for sure. It's super talented. Again, still just a redshirt freshman. Yep. So he's he's got time to to figure things out. Doesn't need to start. Doesn't need to play a ton right away. Um, I have probably the next two guys coming in as Christian Williams and Josh Landry. I think are probably my guess for the. The next two guys that will come in a defensive tackle both of those guys are transfers christian williams is transferring from oregon and again oregon was a great defense last year and so he just wasn't seeing the field a ton um but i've heard really good things about him at camp this year and so i think he will definitely make a difference and then josh landry similar thing he's uh kind of played reserve um snaps for baylor last year and maybe just looking for a little bit better opportunity um, I'll throw out a couple names. Uh, Marquise Gracial is a true freshman. Um, he talk about measurables. He is uh, definitely SEC ready size wise. Um, again, I don't think he's going to come in and do a, a Makai Wingo, but yeah, I think you just must have seen how much he weighs. He's six four, three twenty eight, yeah. according to the official roster. Yeah, he's a monster. So I, I would be excited about Grace Hill for sure. Um, don't know if it's going to happen, if he's going to put it all together this year, but he is going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, in, the, in the coming years for sure. Uh, yeah, Realist George, he'll, he'll be in there. And then kind of even farther down the line, um, I've got Ian Matthews, who is a, I think, redshirt freshman from Auburn, transferred from Auburn. And then Jalen Marshall is a true freshman from, uh, from the Kansas City area, I think. So... I see, you know, Coach Drink has been talking about how the depth is better this year. They're just, guys are more interchangeable. They're not having yeah. to worry about guys needing a break. You know, it's just next man up. Right. But we've heard that all off season. Right. And it makes sense if you, now that we're breaking down the roster. Right, exactly. And if you, I mean, if you're just taking talent-wise, Kobe Whiteside and, uh, man, who did you, who's Byers. That? Byers. If yeah. you're just putting those guys into the lineup with this lineup, I don't know if either one of those guys are starting no. like within this group and that's a good thing. Right. And so I think just, we've kind of exchanged the, the, uh, the new guard and, um, I, th I'm excited about with this defensive line. I think it's just going to look totally different than it did last year. I'm ready for it. Um, okay. Let's move on to linebackers. Um, lost blaze Aldridge. He was kind of, uh, 
in the doghouse of the fans at least and I think potentially the coaches at some point too uh, last year but he was just kind of right there along with everybody else just looking lost at times I think that was the the defensive line and the linebackers especially it took forever for them to figure things out and figure out what was going on but uh, he ended up having an okay season Um, I think for me personally I was more excited about him as the uh, you know two-time all-conference player at Rice and uh, I had high hopes for him and I don't think he quite delivered but that was potentially on me a little bit you know making too much of those all-conference nods potentially yeah it just shows the difficulty of learning a new scheme and like I mean he he got to to campus I think right there in June and so trying to learn a scheme in two months and you know making a jump from Rice to the SEC is 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 large so we saw that right away that he looked a little lost but had his moments uh so we are um and then uh we mentioned earlier uh Devin Nicholson played um quite a bit last year but uh basically lost his spot to uh chad bailey yeah Uh, played a lot of snaps for missouri in his career but just uh man he was not getting it done last year but he's not done either no i mean um, i still think he's probably the third guy in there yeah uh but the number one guy is the transfer from florida tyron hopper and i wanted to mention uh, an article by the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Let me see who wrote this. Callum McAndrews for the Post-Dispatch. He talked about uh, Hopper and the linebackers. And I just wanted to mention a couple quotes from the coaching staff talking about Hopper. Uh, let's see here. Um, if you listened to Coach Drinkwitz's press conference uh, recently, he was talking about the fact that they basically have to force him to be non-contact in drills and practices and stuff. The non-contact green jersey, they have to basically put force him to wear that because he's too aggressive and like they don't want him to get hurt in practice. So <laughs> that was interesting. Um, Linebackers coach DJ Smith said he's a really good player. He's an outstanding young man, a tremendous worker. He said, I have had to slow him down at times. He's up here all hours of the night working out or watching film. I'd like to hear that. Um, let's see. There's another quote I was trying to pull here. Um, it's Coach Drink again talking about how they've had to limit his contact. He said uh, he's a kind of a contact player even when he's not supposed to be. <laughs> and man likes to hit people. Coach Baker said, quote, I'm glad we got him. He's a dude now with a capital D. That guy can play. He's physical. He can run. He's smart. He's the real deal. So That's, just across the board, every yeah. coach raving about him. Yeah, man. Um, he is super athletic. Like, he's just what you want in a linebacker. Super physical, clearly, by all of those quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he hits his ceiling, I think he's got the chance to be the best player on the defense. And that's saying something because we got some dudes on the defense yeah. that, you know, have been in the program for a long time. And, you know, Missouri got a first a, – a front row seat at, at Hopper last year because he had 12 tackles against us when he was playing for Florida last mm-hmm. year. And he, he's all over the place. And uh, he's really impressive. I'm super excited about him and um, could totally uh, just be kind of the anchor of, of the defense. And he'll be lining up next to Chad Bailey, who came on strong at the end of last season. Was really impressive. Yeah. And uh, Nicholson right behind them. And then potentially uh, Chuck Hicks, the Wyoming transfer. Yeah, um, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, there's just kind of a, a few names. Uh, I think Chuck Hicks is he's a little older, a little more experienced. So I think he probably would be the the fourth guy. But some younger guys that I I really like Damian Wilson. Um, he's an exciting like inside linebacker um, that I think could be kind of running the show maybe a year or two from now. Um, and then there's two two, fre- two true freshmen that I really like, and I think one of them will probably play a decent amount and could re- could uh, 
shed the shirt, they, they say. But both those guys are Xavier Sim, uh, Simmons, who flipped from Virginia Tech, um, and then Carmica Glass, who is kind of like one of those just super under-the-radar under guys that they didn't want to blow up and just has, like, he's just a freak. He just has insane measurables, and he's, like, 6'4", 230, long arms, just has the potential to be insane. So I think Glass um, is probably would be my guess. If he's able to come in and pick up the scheme, I think he could play right away. I'm getting excited for this season. I know. I, I think uh, I've been talking in Discord and stuff about we haven't revealed our predictions as far as the record and picking the games and everything. We'll mm-hmm. do that next week. But I was worried that some parts of the, of course, you know, we're over here trying to, you know, temper expectations and be, you know, reasonably optimistic and all that sort of thing. But the defense especially is, is raising my optimism and expectations a little bit in a way that I didn't quite expect. No, the the defense is uh, making me, making me happy, make me smile for sure. Uh, And I, this, I mean, there's always optimism going into any season ever. It's like, well, maybe it's a little better than we think it could be. You know, yeah. even when the team's going to be bad, you're just like, well, you know, never yeah. know. I really think this this defense has a potential to be not only good, but like really exciting, like fun and like aggressive and like causing turnovers. And I, I don't know. That worries me. I don't, you don't I don't like, like being this optimistic. You don't like that? Yeah. I want to just think everything's going to be terrible. And, and then, then when, when it isn't? Yes. When it's not. You're then, happy? Yes, exactly. That's usually how I approach most situations in life, and it works out. But I think it's okay to get a little excited. Okay. I think All we right. can do it. All right. All right. Next up, safeties. Uh, the only big departure I have uh, as far as contributors last season is Sean Robinson. Yeah, like the hype's not slowing down here with the secondary at all. Um, Sean Robinson is out, but uh, – and – Included with safeties here is the hybrid safety linebacker position that they're calling star. Um, we could start there. I mean, we've got Martez Manuel coming back, senior year. Yep. Time to lay it all out there. Yep. So many seniors will be starting on this defense. Yeah, it's, it's an old, experienced defense for sure. I say old, that sounds weird, but yeah, yeah it's experienced defense. And then uh, backing him up, I think we'll have uh, Dalen Carnell. Yep. So a pretty highly touted prospect yeah. who um, has, you know, hasn't been on the field much, but uh, redshirt freshman will. He will be. Has the ability, has the talent. Yep. Had like two interceptions in the spring game, I think. Yeah, he did. Uh, so, I mean, that's a strength right there. Uh, yep. I, I can't wait to see the plays that Martez Manuel will make. He'll be in the yep. backfield making plays, you know, uh, stuffing the run at the line of scrimmage and then probably have an interception or two on the season right yeah the star position is i I love kind of the four two five setup i just especially if your strength is a secondary just lean into it and i think that's what mizzou has and i mean martez manuel is just such a perfect candidate to play um to play that position because it literally is just like kind of a perfectly in between a safety and a linebacker so it's a guy that kind of has to be able to do everything has to it's a play in coverage and but he you know like you said he'll be up there in the box he'll probably have a few sacks this year and that kind of stuff so he's truly just somebody that is has to be versatile and is going to be all over the place and I think Martez Manuel is perfect for that kind of the vocal leader of the defense has been around the block um like has the trust of the coaches yeah yeah and he's a perfect guy for Carnell to learn from mm-hmm. as well yeah exactly because Carnell's going to be in that role next year and uh he's he's going to be he's going to be the guy so he's got to be ready um, the other two starting safety spots, um, I guess I have uh, Jalen Carlisle, of course, um, and then I've got the transfer from Clemson, Joseph Charleston. Yep, that's what I've got as well. Um, and I'm a huge Carlisle fan. I loved him like coming in. Again, I feel like th- th- this is a common theme of this defense, I think, is just like these guys are just freak athletes. So, like. You know we've recruited well and i think we're kind of seeing that like pay dividends at this point where man these guys are just um i don't know this isn't some random like no star defense guy that you know we took a flyer on these guys are established in the recruiting game um have a history of being great have shown to be great at times in the at the college level and have the measurables to back it up and that's definitely what jalen carlise is 
um, big physical safety. Um, I, I think he played wide receiver in um, high school. So, you know, he's he will go up and, and grab the ball and make in high point those um, 50-50 balls, and he will pick you off for sure. And uh, just kind of the, the general of the back end of the defense. And I've heard amazing things about Joseph Charleston. I, he's, I'm really excited about him. Um, got on the field early at Clemson and was playing really well there. It sounds like he maybe kind of had his job taken at Clemson by just, you know, some insanely high prospect that Clemson has like they do, but not really anything that he could do much about. But I think he is a really solid um, contributor. And I I think Mizzou really hit on some of these transfers, man, like Hopper, Charleston, and then we're going to talk about Norwood here in a little bit. They really hit hit on a a couple of these impact transfers, and uh, Charleston is going to be playing a lot. You you were talking about the uh, just the physical attributes on some of these guys, and um, that's what some of these SEC schools have year in year out. Yeah, I'm just thinking about like Florida, like their defenses. They're just it's just so ridiculous. It is just a I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing about that that does kind of suck about this is like this feels like, and I don't want to go too crazy here, but this feels like one of those defenses where if everybody's healthy and everybody's rowing the boat the same way it could be one of those stars aligning kind of years where they're just really really good um but the thing is though yeah if you lose a few guys to injuries and stuff like that the depth starts dropping off a little faster than it does at some of those other schools and you can't predict you know just the issues that they had last year like nobody saw that coming as far as like having okay talent but then just falling apart on the execution Mm. i mean that's that's not going to happen again to that extent because no. that's just a ridiculous outlier. I agree. But uh, yeah, I'm trying. I'm just like mentally like sitting on the fence between like going all in on yeah. getting super hyped for this defense it's and like, also being like well, just last year was yeah. historically bad. Exactly. I think yeah, just we're so starved for improvement, which we're definitely going to get that. But it's still like I don't know if I want to go all in until I see it happen. You know when the bullets are flying i just you know you you want to see those guys perform but um in the spring game charleston picked off uh i can't remember who threw it but he was um going for a 50 50 ball with luther burden and came down with it so he like carlize has the ability to go out there and, and pull down the 50 50 balls okay then uh behind them uh jelani williams is there yep. uh ready to contribute who else do we have um, after Jelani Williams, like it, it's definitely pretty much gets to those young guys. Uh, Jamarion Wayne just just switched over to safety from wide receiver. Um, you know he's definitely in that Carlisle build, like big athletic guy. But this is not a position he's ever played before. It sounds like he's he's learning it well. Coaches are are saying that he's doing a good job. Yeah, yeah but yeah, you know, I wouldn't. I would hope that we don't see a lot of him this year. And uh, you know, if that's a position that he stays in going forward, then you know he could be really good down the road. Um, and then, of course, we got Isaac Thompson, who, same thing, um, a recruiting pedigree, uh, really talented. Hopefully don't, we don't see a whole lot of him this year other than maybe special teams. He's coming off an ACL, so probably not the worst thing ever if he uh, you know, doesn't play a whole lot this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If we don't need those guys to contribute much, we'll be better for it. Okay, moving on to the cornerbacks. Um, some significant departures here at Caleb Evans um, maybe didn't quite live up to the hype. I mean, that's uh, been a little bit of a trend um, talking about last year's defense uh, and his teammate from Tulsa, Ali Green, both uh, graduated, moved on at Caleb Evans in the NFL for the uh, Vikings, mm-hmm. actually. Fourth uh, round pick. Yeah. Pretty so, good. Yeah. Well, he's a lock to make the roster and uh, been making some plays in the preseason. Um, Caleb Evans was an interesting player last year because he uh, started off strong. I think, like maybe the first series against Central Michigan had an interception, and then I don't know if he was you know got a little bit banged up over the course of the year or kind of was had his sights set on the NFL, but seemed like started off strong, just kind of just kind of was there. Yeah, but that's kind of what you want sometimes from your cornerbacks if you're not talking about them too much maybe they're not making explosive plays but they're not giving up explosive plays either yeah but we have returning uh chris abrams drain who is being talked about as like 
maybe one of the top NFL prospects on from defensive backs yeah. all across the country, right. which is incredible to hear. Yeah. Um, and Ennis Rakestraw, uh, I think, will start opposite him um, coming back from injury. Uh, you know, a recruit that was a huge get early for Drinkwitz and a guy who saw the field early, and I think he'll continue. Um, but I think maybe not so much Chris Abrams' dream, but I think Rakestraw could be pushed a little bit. I mean, we saw DJ Jackson last year play quite a bit uh, in his stead, and mm-hmm. then you mentioned a uh, transfer from Texas A&M, Drayden Norwood. Are those the four guys probably rotating in and out most at cornerback? Yeah, I think so. Um, hopefully we probably won't see really anyone outside of that that group of four, but I agree with you. I, I had Ennis Rakestraw as the other starter um, opposite Chris Abrams Drain as well, but um, you know, it's interesting, you know, Chris Abrams Drain came in at, again as a wide receiver, um, was like returning punts early in his career at Missouri, uh, just kind of was super fast guy that was kind of wiry and, you know, uh, just kind of get the ball in his hand and see what happens kind of guy. And uh, they kind of just needed some depth on the other side of the ball. And so he was playing in the secondary, played some safeties, played a little corner. Um, But it's just amazing to see what he's become. And just having those ball skills, I think, is so important because he was so he's so aggressive, too. I mean, he's like a he's like Marcus Peters light out there, just like jumping routes. And, you know, it's like kind of risking it all where he's like, I'm going to jump this route. And if I get burned, I get burned. But I'm going to. If you underthrow it, I'm catching it. And yeah. he did that multiple times, had some really big plays, had some cra- – like one in particular where, you know, just falling out of bounds and just had a toe inbounds and, and was able to bring it down. So I agree with you. I think he has the potential to, to be um, a first or second round draft pick, which is insane to think about like where he was just two or three years ago. Has a crazy ceiling, really athletic um, – and is just an exciting player to watch. Just makes those big plays happen. And uh, if he continues at that trajectory, kind of makes some big plays this year, um, could be one of the first, you know, five or six uh, cornerbacks off the board. I feel like he picks his spots pretty well. I yeah. mean, for as aggressive as he is, he's pretty smart with it. Oh yeah, yeah. He he tracks the the ball really well, and uh, he is pretty smart. Um, you think Norwood plays a lot? I think so. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of rotate them because I, I genuinely do think this is a situation where uh, you take one of those two starters out and you don't have a, a big drop-off. Um, DJ Jackson is going to be potentially that Chris Abrams drain that we're talking about here in a year or two. I think he's potentially that good. You know, was really, really good as a true freshman last year. Don't see that a whole lot. Um, and, uh, you know, had his moments for sure. Had, had, had some rookie moments. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he had to... I, one in particular I'm thinking of, though, is he kind of got burned by Traylon Burks, but who didn't last yeah. year? You know, Burks is a, is a tremendous NFL receiver now. So um, DJ Jackson's really good. And then I've heard great things about Norwood. I think he um, they're not going to be able to keep him off the field either. So sounds like a great group of four this year, and then we're kind of set up for the future as well. And uh, I'd probably even throw LJ Hewitt in there as well. Maybe that's the fifth guy. He was a, a transfer, a Juco transfer, I think. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. So, yeah, good group there. And Rakestraw, Jackson, and Norwood all have three plus, at least three years of eligibility remaining. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, all really young guys. Um. Okay, so I feel like there's so much balance across this defense. Yeah. I was going to try to – we're going to try to rank the uh, position groups, but – I'm struggling just to come up with it. Um, I feel like normally with this kind of thing, I'll start with like the weakest. Yeah. And I still don't even know where to start with that. Like every group kind of has like an alpha, like a, an experienced leader. And um, it's really exciting. I think I would have to maybe put the defensive ends last just because we haven't seen the production consistently as far as like potential they might be number one (laughs) but we just haven't quite seen it yet that's what is making this so difficult right um i think um yeah i don't know that i could like disagree with you too terribly there i think i would list oh man i think i'm gonna throw linebacker last okay just because 
We haven't seen Hopper play in a Mizzou uniform. Chad Bailey has only really played half a season. And, I, like, if the wheels are going to come off any of these groups, I guess I would pick linebacker, which I, I definitely don't think that is going to happen. And I just don't think the depth is as good. If, if we have an injury to that, those two guys, um, I'm getting a little concerned at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm changing what I said. I agree with you. Linebacker's fifth. Uh, then who you got fourth? I'll probably go defensive tackle fourth. Um, you know, these are it's an interesting group because you kind of have some solid guys who none of them have been like spectacular at the college level. They've like except for I guess Jernigan's pretty been pretty good, but you know Christian Williams, Josh Landry, Darius Robinson. A lot of their careers have been kind of been played in in reserve, but have shown whenever they get a chance they've been really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still think that's a super solid group, but I think I'd probably sneak it in there in, in fourth. I'm probably going end fourth tackle third. Yeah, and then I'd probably just I'd probably do defensive end third, or yeah, whatever's next. Yeah, 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 third. Then second, um, I guess Are you I'm doing you're doing safety and star together. Yeah. Okay. I'm going corner second. Even though potentially the best player in the entire defense is Chris Abrams Jane. Right. Um. Still a lot of youth and Rakestraw coming off injury. Yeah little uncertain there yeah and then i'm going safety number one just i think the combination of depth and experience and talent i think safety's number one i'm with you yep cornerback i, I think I'd, I'd go to as well maybe the group of guys with the highest ceiling like you said chris abrams drain could be the best and most exciting player in the defense but overall, I think safety in that star position, man, that's that's a really, really solid group. Not much. That was genuinely really hard to not do. Not much separating these groups. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was not like uh, last week where it was like, uh, I think tight end is probably yeah. <laughs> probably last. Yeah. yeah it <laughs> the was a position nothing. that's not done anything ever. Yes. None of that this week. Yeah. I mean, the defensive backfield. I think is clearly a step above everything else. Yeah. But on the whole team too, like just yeah. in general. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Ooh. Okay. Um it's there's a lot of optimism now at that defense. We've done on it on the defense. We 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 we've done it now. I've like worked through it live on air the last two weeks. <laughs> um before we do our seven on seven draft, we want to talk about special teams and hashtag Mavis for Heisman. Yes get it trending um get it trending <laughs> like we have the power to make that happen <laughs> um like 45 minutes into a random podcast episode yeah <laughs> um he is incredible yep. he's back he's gonna do it again um i still wish they just never would have attempted a field goal in the georgia game last year when is like, that when he missed one yes um we needed it man you yeah. could have used those three points yeah yeah it almost remember when we were beating georgia for like seven minutes or something maybe not even that but we yeah. were winning yeah. at the beginning of that game was it three zero i think so <laughs> that might have been the only three points we scored i don't know <laughs> can't remember um so he'll be back doing his thing not much to cover there he's incredible yep uh but we have a very serious punting battle there is a battle <laughs> for for starting punter um, scrum between sean keating Jack Stonehouse and Luke Bauer. And Coach Drink says two of those guys, he didn't name the two, have separated themselves. <laughs> you think the, the third guy, like if he read that, he'd probably be like, ah. Uh, he knows it's Like him. he knows he's the third that's like on the outside looking in. Probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah. But we don't know which one's the third one. No, we don't. It's, it's not Sean Keating, I think. He's, right. he's, he's yes, he's in the, the favorite. Yeah, he's yes. in the final two. I agree. I think it'll probably be him. You know, he's the like place kicker, I guess. The guy that kicks it into the end zone every single time on the yeah. kickoff. Yeah. And he's been doing that for several years now. Mm-hmm. I think that you know, he came back for another mm-hmm. year. I think there's a, a pretty good chance that he, he gets that punting job if he's anywhere near the best. Oh, yeah. Let him have it. Let I him say. have it. If he shanks a few, you know, put the other guy in. What did you say about his picture earlier? Were you looking at some of the pictures on the roster of guys? He looks <laughs> like he could win, like, a PGA championship or something. Uh, I said if you told me that he was, like, if just by looking at his picture on the roster website, yeah. if you told me he, that he was, like, scored 
like under par in the first round as an amateur in the U.S. Open, I'd be like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see it. Like somebody you've never heard of, and like, oh, they're doing pretty good for an amateur. <laughs> okay, real quick. Yes. Give me your breakout player for the defense, and honestly, it doesn't really matter how you define this. Like, it could be some dude that hasn't played much that's going to come on this year, or it could just be somebody that's going that's played but is going to vastly improve this year. Because I'm pretty sure last year for my offensive breakout player of the year, I picked like Tyler Beatty, like mm-hmm. which definitely was right, <laughs> but he had already played some. So, however you want to define breakout player, that's fine. I, you nailed it there. Um, <laughs> I think it's tough because like uh, we're basically picking between transfers who are expected to show up right and guys that we know yes have it in them already exactly that's kind of what I was um, thinking. so I'm kind of leaning towards Charleston um, the transfer from Clemson at safety um, and I'm thinking he may I think he's just going to be incredibly solid and dependable all year long yeah um, maybe not the flashiest guy I think he'll leave some of the highlight real plays up to uh, Jalen Carlisle and Martez Manuel but I think he'll just be solid and you just won't have to worry about him um, and then I think I really like Isaiah McGuire to make the big kind of headline grabbing plays yep i'm with you i was i was gonna say isaiah mcguire uh just i think i mean yeah he's gonna start he's gonna have a, a lot of opportunity this year um just i don't know he's been around for a long time has made plays at times was really solid at times last year despite everything that was going on um yeah, I think McGuire. We, do, awesome. we don't need Jeffco and McGuire to both be just absolutely incredible all the time. Right. If they're both solid, then that'll put pressure on the defense to where one of them will be able to make a play. Right. Yeah, and I almost feel like, um, you know, Jeffco has the ceiling as far as a pass rusher goes. I think you know if you're gonna t- if I'm picking the guy who's gonna have the most sacks at the end of the year, I'm picking Jeffco. But I just think McGuire is the most versatile at the position. I think he could just is so, you know, he can stop the run and uh, rush the passer really well. Really well, it's just set the edge. Um, I think I've I've even seen him like in coverage at times. Like he can just get out in space too. Like for a big guy, he's just he's really talented, and I'm excited to see uh, what those guys do, especially McGuire. I feel like there's five other players yeah, I could, could mention. You here. could probably pick that for anybody. I'm super excited for Hopper. I just hope, yeah, oh, me too. I just hope that, you know, this is what it feels like from now on with, you know, stacking multiple recruiting classes on top of each other. And I don't want to go too deep in this because I know we'll talk about it maybe in the next week or two. But you just when we're ta- kind of talking about what our expectations for the season. But this just has to be what we're doing every year. Like talking about every position group, having kind of a leader, a guy that's experienced, a guy that has a high ceiling. Um, some young guys that are coming in, like that are giving us hope for the future. Like this is SEC football, and um, it's so exciting. And we ha- we haven't been I have not been this excited about a defense in a, in a long time. And I don't you know again I hope we're not we're not setting ourselves up here for disappointment, but I really don't think we are. I'm excited. I'm with you. All right, now we are going to play a little seven on seven ball we're gonna draft teams in the style of the old video game nfl street so if you haven't listened to this segment before we do it every year it's seven on seven football but our rosters have to play both sides of the ball so you're gonna have a quarterback but that quarterback has to play defense as well and we leave it up to the listeners and the twitter followers to tell us which team would win in a hypothetical seven-on-seven game. And uh, producer Cameron, do you have a digital coin that you can flip inside your computer? Well, <clears throat> digital, yes, on my computer now. Oh, my it's on watch, his watch has wow. a flip a coin feature. So, who would like to call it? <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> you, you call it. Uh, give me heads. 
Alrighty, and it is heads. Do you want the first pick or do you want to defer? Oh man. Um, so if I give it up, you've got one pick and then I take the next two mm-hmm. and then we kind of mm-hmm. snake draft from there. Yeah. I'll give it up. Congratulations. Wow. Congratulations with the number one pick in the seven on seven draft. I got to do it. I got to do it. Welcome to the squad. Luther Burden. That's understandable. So you're just going to lock up that uh, that wide receiver spot, or you got, so I guess you can kind of break it down however you want here, but mm-hmm. you're probably going for two wide receivers, running back, quarterback, and then th- three offensive linemen. Is that? As far as like what your offense looks like? Yes. Regardless of what position they play in real life? Yes. Yes what you're drafting for okay so you don't go for a quarterback went for luther burden um i'm gonna go for chris abrams drain he's gonna play wide receiver and cornerback yeah uh i that's gonna be a incredible matchup those two guys are gonna go at it yeah uh because i'm gonna cover your defensive back when he's playing wide receiver mm-hmm. i'm not gonna waste a defensive back on him i'm gonna put luther burden on him right and so the defense is you have maybe a little bit more flexibility with what you want to do on the defense i'm probably going to go three defensive linemen two cornerbacks like a linebacker and a safety or you can maybe do two linebackers or whatever you want to do yeah um hmm there's a lot of ways you can go with the with the lines here i think i'll just uh this might be a little bit of a boring more boring pick i guess but i'm gonna get a defensive lineman, offensive lineman, and go with uh, Isaiah McGuire. Good choice, good choice. Okay, so now I get two picks back-to-back. And what am I feeling here? I think I'm going to go... I'm going to go defense, since you took two defensive players. I don't want it to dry up completely. Um, I'm going to go ahead and grab Tyron Hopper. He might have to play a little tight end for me <laughs> on offense. Uh, hopefully he's got good hands. And then... Talk about a, a boring pick. Um, I think I'm going to go with an actual offensive lineman. <laughs> I'm going to grab Javon Foster. Wow, you're really trying to lock up the left side of that line. You know, somebody's got to protect the quarterback, whoever he may be. That's true. Are you worried at all about um, his defensive line play? You know, he's just going to bull rush, uh, play nose tackle, basically. And he'll try to overpower Isaiah McGuire. Okay. I, I'm not confident in McGuire's blocking abilities okay. for your team. That's fair. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and lock up my other wide receiver cornerback, and that's going to be Jalen Carlisle. So I still need a couple linemen. I need a running back that will probably also play linebacker, potentially. Mm -hmm. And I need a quarterback that will also play safety or linebacker. Hmm. I think I'll just grab my quarterback before you can snag him. Okay. I think I'm going to go Tyler Macon. And just because I think he can run and pass pretty well. I think he's pretty versatile at the quarterback position, but I also think that he could probably play linebacker or safety better than like a Brady Cook or a Sam Horn. So I'm kind of going with the, the well-rounded athlete play for quarterback. Interesting, interesting. Interesting, interesting. Now you're thinking running back? That's probably where I got to go next, yep. Okay, my turn then? It is your turn. Um, okay, so I can wait on quarterback now uh kyle's not going to take 
two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be pretty devastating if I did. Would it be? Devastating for your team, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially. I don't know. Uh, Tyler, I mean, not Tyler. Uh, Brady Cook could probably play running back. He's fast. Yeah, potentially. Um, okay, I got to think here. I got to think. Um, I've got a blocker. I've got a defender. I've got a receiver. Um, hmm. This is a little unorthodox. I'm tempted to do something. I'm tempted to get a little squirrely here. Oh. Um, I'm not going to do it, though. I'm going to grab Rakestraw. I like it. I like it. So we'll have Rakestraw and Luther Burden on the outside. And I've got Hopper and Foster and... I'm going to draft Elijah Young. Mm. I've lost track of whatever position everybody's going to play on on either side of the ball, but <laughs> I'm taking him. Okay. Get a little speed in the backfield? Yeah. Okay. I like it. Versatility on defense, I think, a little bit there. Probably play safety for me. Yeah. I'm interested in Martez Manuel. Uh, just because I've got a kind of a safety position open. But I think at this point I'm going to opt for kind of a more traditional running back who is going to also play linebacker, and that's going to be Michael Cox. Oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah. I think he can, he's kind of a bruiser, um, good linebacker. So that means Tyler Macon will be playing safety. Uh, and then, of course, he'll play running back as well. So that means I have one more pick and two more total. Mm-hmm. But both of my last picks are going to be linemen. I'm going to lock up Jaden Jernigan. Okay, so I get to finish out my roster here and I still need a quarterback. So I'm going to go ahead and get Brady Cook. Where's he playing on defense? Somewhere we'll see, we'll see. We, we're gonna, it'll be, you'll show us. Yeah, we'll get creative with it. Uh, it'll be on the graphic that we tweet out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'm missing something. Okay, outside, outside. Uh, looks like I need another alignment. So, welcome aboard, Trade on Jeffcoat. Good pick. That's where I was going next for sure. I feel like every year there's like a couple of those picks where I'm like, do I want to pick the player who would probably be the best for this very specific seven on seven situation? Or do I want to pick the crowd favorite who's going to get the votes on Twitter? I've been going pretty much crowd favorite this whole time. <laughs> yeah, because this, uh, this scenario is definitely not happening in, in real life. So I might as well go for the big names, right? We might be able to set up the game. Yeah, we'll see if somebody will do it. So, are you is your is your squad finished? Yep, I've got I'm done. one. I've got one more pick you get to make. To finish it off, yeah. Okay. Let's see. I you don't have an actual wide receiver on your team. No, I don't. I I have two guys that played wide receiver in high school. Okay, okay. Maybe you should think about that. What do you mean? I'm just saying. Maybe you should think about that. No, I I get your reasoning. Okay. I don't know if the people, I don't know if the folks will. They'll be great at cornerback. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's true. Um, that is that's true. Uh, give me Darius Robinson, who will play defensive lineman and offensive lineman. All right. So I've got Luther Burden, Tyron Hopper, Javon Foster, Ennis Rakestraw, Elijah Young, Brady Cook, and Trajan Jeffcoat. I've got Chris Abrams Drain, Isaiah McGuire, Tyler Macon, uh, Michael Cox, Jaden Jernigan, Jalen Carlisle, and Darius Robinson. So we will uh, assemble these players onto the formations and producer Cameron will have a nice, pretty graphic for mm-hmm. us. We'll tweet it out. Clash of the Titans right here. And you can let us know. We'll, we'll do a poll. And, and I, think you? I, I think I'm doing pretty good in those polls historically, right? 
I, I didn't want to even know. talk about it. Well, we have to. It taints it. It taints the poll because now... It, I, I'm just I'm, completely in my head about this, but... <laughs> I feel like... I, there's probably like four people that are listening to us sit, say this right now. The four people that are listening to this are going to vote against me intentionally just to keep the thing going with no, you and all the polls. they'll feel bad for you and overcompensate. I don't think they feel bad for me. <laughs> I think they think it's funny. No. All four of them. No. What producer Cameron, would you think it's funny or would you feel bad for me if Kyle wins every poll always? <laughs> I think it's funny. Exactly. <laughs> Even with his no wide receiver roster. That's ridiculous. Who These was are, it? They're athletes. Tell me, who were you guys talking about last week that was going to lead the wide receivers? Dominic Lovett. Yeah, you don't even pick him on your roster. So That's what I was about to do. You don't pick a wide receiver you at all. E- you don't even pick the wide... Because the wide receiver room, you said you don't even... They're not that good. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, we're not even going to have a wide receiver over 500 yards, you said. Oh, my God. That is not even close <laughs> to what I said. I almost picked... He's uh, a Luther Burden hater, and then he picks him on his team. He's a fraud. True. He just wants the votes. True. He just wants the star power on his team. See, He's a fraud. According to Cam, two other wide receivers are going to have... A better season. He's fraudulent. He's more fraudulent than Dan Mullen. <laughs> Actually, I take that back. <laughs> that's a that's an intense Too insult right I'm, there. I'm really I'm really sorry. I didn't mean that. Uh, I almost picked Dominic Love over Rake Straw, mm. and I almost just like countered your two defensive backs with two wide receivers. Now that would be interesting. I couldn't do it. All right, we'll tweet out the graphic, and <laughs> I'll lose, and <laughs> everything will be right with the world. No, 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 no. It'll be. It's always. It's always fairly close. It's, yeah. it's always close. Yeah. All right. Well, is that all for this week? That's surely it. Um, next week, we're going down the entire schedule, picking every game. We you got know, two I think more episodes until we see kickoff. Yeah. And we get to see my favorite player in the history of football, Luther Burden, take the field. <laughs> he might go for 500 in the first game. He might. Oh he, in the first quarter. All-purpose yards. I mean, you know. All right. What do, what do we say now? Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan DeMore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Lewis Hernandez, Tim Keens, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Garofalo, Brandon Hanks. And if you sign up, you'll be the last name read on the list. Did you do it alphabetically or just in the order? In the order that they signed up. Cool. Uh, thank you guys very much. Uh, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week. Vote for me. Vote for me in the poll. Vote for Pedro. Please vote for me.